Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Good evening. We're actually meeting in the evening. It's dark outside. Yeah, it's weirding us out a little bit. Yeah, we are here to talk about not the left, the right wedding, <laughs> not Nightmare on Elm Street, but Talk to Me. Talk to Me. 2022, 23, yeah, whatever. It's debatable which year yeah. it was released say, and where. It's Recently. very recent Australian breakout hit, um, which I'm so excited to, to talk about. I have some notes about the filmmakers and just like little things that happened in the movie. But um, before we dive into that, since Katie is doing our recap this week, uh, what is new with you? Oh gosh. Um, Well, I mean, it's, it's hard because it's only been a week um, since we recorded and we went back to school last week, the first week back uh, for both of us since Christmas vacation. And um, it was, it was a good week. Um, It was felt like a long haul um I don't know about your school but for us like when I was planning at the beginning of the year and actually counting out and we have just under 40 weeks of you know instruction during the school year Mm -hmm. and of those 10 are complete full five-day weeks Mm -hmm. um the rest of them there's a minimum day there's a holiday there's a you know some some shit something going on yeah um and so when we do have a full five days, you're like, what it's is this garbage? <laughs> and then, of course, we like come back from break with a full five day week. Um, the bright jumping side. in feet first. Uh, yeah. Like, get, get it over with. Because like, obviously, this next week we're going into is only four days because tomorrow's Martin Luther King Day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then the week after that for us is um, we have a minimum day on Monday because we always have a minimum day on the last Monday of the month for faculty development or whatever. So like, that's the kind of thing. Like every week there's something except for very rarely. Um, but I was I was thinking that it, um, I'm like, I don't have anything to talk about except like how how much I love my class this year. No, that's nice. Yeah, like you know, I, sometimes it's the little things that make it, you know, your week to week, your day to day go go so much better because you have great kids you're working with and yeah. families and stuff. So like it was it was a long week, but it, it's you know I don't mind being along with them. It's not like I hate you. I got to get out of here. I got to get away from you. Why are we still here? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like we're all suffering through this together. We all want it to be the weekend. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, the last. Um, the last two years, which were my first two years at the school, you know, I had that class from hell that I talked about ad nauseum for those years on the podcast. Um, I'm like, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. And so those kiddos are all in seventh grade now and not my problem anymore. And the ones that I love that I have a good, like a close relationship with, or, you know, some of them I've known since they were very little, um, they still come and say hi to me. I see them in the halls all the time. I mm-hmm. still get to, you know, um, see them and talk to them and, and, um, and, interact with them from time to time but I do not have to try and get them to do anything which is good because based on how they go down the halls they have not changed at all 
Um, <laughs> Little scamps. Yeah. But the class <laughs> that I, I have this year, you know, they're just, they're treasures. They're sweet little treasures. And I don't want to be the kind of person that only ever complains about the bad stuff and never celebrates the good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, they're just like a really like smart group with wonderful senses of humor. They're very kind kids. And so they get along with each other really well. There's not friction or bullying. They're very helpful to one another. Um, we've And we've actually added two new students mid-year to my class already. Um, you know, and it's just like they pop in and the class is like super excited they're there and showing them the ropes because they have, a you know, a very crazy um, academic schedule with all of their co-curricular teachers and switching around for other subjects and keeping track of materials and all the different communication platforms. And so these new kids show up and and the, you know, veteran kids are like, oh, this is what you need. We're going to go over to this teacher now. You've got to bring this and this. And um, they're just really, really wonderful um, students that I, I look forward to, like, going in and seeing every day. Well, that's nice. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of nice. cheesy, but um, that that was a very like leading trait to my past week was just loving them. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. That's great. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. What's new with you? Um. Yeah, I went back to school too. It's just you know reinforcing your systems and routines and be like, you don't all shout out. <laughs> you know, there's like eight, nine of you all yelling out my name at the same time or having airing your grievances. And I'm like, you have to raise your hand or I know you forgot all of this over vacation. Everything. Yeah. So um, just kind of reteaching them how be how to be back in school and all that. Hey, the dog's in here. She's being all noisy she's like i'm not here i don't know what you're talking about jingle jingle that's my collar she's like i just have to scratch mm-hmm. <laughs> um but victor and i are we um i'm re-watching but he's never watched uh the marvelous marvelous mrs Maisel. oh wonderful so we're watching it and, and he's he's kind of into it Is i think he? He, i think he likes it so okay. we've been watching it i'm like um a are we gonna watch a Maisel tonight that's awesome so i'm like because it can't all be terrible right scary awful stuff so it's nice and and i love um those characters and i love the actors and yeah they're so like that's a fantastic show her parents crack me up yes i I laugh so hard um so we've been watching that but then as not a palate cleanser as the opposite i've been re-watching black summer and there's z nation which came out on sci-fi which i never really watched Mm mm-hmm uh, Carlos was like, you have to, you, have, you gotta watch it. And then oh, Carlo, Carlo Reina's husband. Yes. Okay. And I was like, okay. And then I watched a few episodes. And I was like, mm, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I might go back because, um, you know, with, with different expectations. Like I think it's supposed to be funnier and lighter, mm-hmm. but also with an acknowledgement that there is a zombie apocalypse. Naturally. Um. So then Black Summer is referenced several times in the show, which I found out later. Um. They were like reading a few little articles and tidbits about Black Summer, but it's referenced as something that happened a few years prior to the timeline um, to to when Z Nation actually happened. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been watching it. It's really intense. Like the zombies are ridiculously hard to kill. Oh no! And um, everyone is out to get their own, like take care of themselves and right. get their own resources. And it's it's on anarchy and so people are killing each other and as soon as someone dies it's like everyone has the virus right mm-hmm. 
So as soon as someone dies, they get up and they're like a killing machine. Yeah. (laughs) So it's it's pretty intense and everyone's running for their lives all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's only a few short seasons and the episodes are pretty short, but it's a fun little, you know, a romp. (laughs) And uh, I've been watching that. So that's cool. Whenever Victor's. You know, if I'm doing laundry or something, it's yeah, not yeah, something yeah. where I'm like, oh, I have to watch every single Keep like my eyes on the screen the whole time. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. And there's a, a character on there who she speaks Korean, but they don't do any subtitles for her. Oh, nice. So I kind of had to like look up later on like Reddit and stuff to see mm. what she says. And she's so smart and um, very uh, capable and stuff Do like other that, characters so. on the show know what she's saying? No. Nobody else. So nobody none knows of the characters speak Korean. Right. That's amazing. Nobody knows what she's saying. She um, happened upon. She's like, I think this takes place in Canada in mm-hmm. the in the zombie apocalypse, and she doesn't speak English, and I, and she's trying to communicate with other survivors. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she breaks out into like a monologue, and yeah. you have no idea what she's saying. And what nobody an interesting else. idea to insert. Yeah, it was. It's pretty interesting. So I've been like, I gotta do a deep dive to see what Sun, <laughs> what is Sun saying because I'm sure it matters, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to see what she's saying. So that's what I've been doing, watching yeah. something light, like Maisel, and watching yeah. something heavy, like these crazy zombies who are just tearing apart. So, yeah, actually, <laughs> I've been, um, well, I, you know, I wasn't going to mention what I had been watching because it, it, you know, it wasn't horror, but, um, you know, I do, I like a pretty wide variety of genres, but probably my second favorite after horror is action. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a new, um, thing that Tom and I uh, checked out recently was the three Equalizer movies with oh, Denzel yeah. Washington. Um, I've never seen any of them. Yeah, they are really good. Um, they're very di- because we also had just recently watched all four John Wick movies because mm-hmm. um, I want, you know, the fourth one had come out and I wanted to watch it and he hadn't seen any of them. So we watched all four of them. Um, and it's interesting to kind of compare the two um, because, you know, the content there's a, a real um, overlap in the content of the movies, but they're so dramatically different in terms of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we we really did enjoy Equalizer. You know, you can never go wrong with Denzel Washington. And um, I didn't I realize um, that Chloe Grace Moretz was the like the like little... the main character yes. in the first one, mm-hmm. um, which was very cool. So a um, l- little bit of little bit of action checking out there, and it's and, kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, but I'm thinking about, because with Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I'm a huge fan of that show until the last season. Um, I could not get into a vibe with the last season. Like, I only watched about an episode and a half mm-hmm. and and just stopped. Whereas mm-hmm. I've re-watched the first two seasons multiple times. Like, mm-hmm. that's how much I enjoy it. And there was just something about the last season that I didn't vibe with very well. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe that's something else that I need to go back and give another shot to. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. And the only thing that could happen is that you're like, nope, still not nope, for me. Definitely or not. Or <laughs> just watch like a recap online what happens. So you just know how it ends. <laughs> so is the most recent season, like they, they fully end the show with mm-hmm. it? Okay. It's done. It's okay. all, it's over. You see, and that almost makes me less motivated because it's not like, oh, well, if I don't watch this season, then when the next one comes out, I'm not going to be able to watch that either. So I'm like, there's no more. So... Yeah, I don't know. You can live your life how you want. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, we honestly, you know. Watch it or don't. It sounds like we watch so much television, but honestly, it's not like we have that much time. No. Um, And especially if it's something that you want to be eyes on screen for. Yeah. um, Rather than like background, like you say, like folding laundry or, you know, cooking or all the things that we don't have any choice about doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what I'm, I am, I just uh, picked up last night is the second half of the most recent season of The Crown. 
Um, Ooh, because that's a show that, that I loved. And when this newest season came out, I didn't realize they were releasing it in two chunks. Yeah. And so I watched the first and I was like, yes, 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 yes. And then, you know, it was like three or four episodes. And then they were only released through the episode where Diana dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, sorry, spoiler alert. Yep. Di- Princess Diana Princess dies. Diana people. Died. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. so then I was like, crap, now I have to wait. And so um, I finally have come back around to to watch the rest of this most recent season but that's something where it's like you want to be paying attention you don't want oh, to be definitely. doing something else you don't want to be having a conversation or you know even on your phone which is like that's such a common behavior now is to be you know scrolling on your phone while you're watching something yeah full disclosure i pause that show all the time and i was like what what, what happened where, where let me see I? the pictures what? of the real people i want to know who's, oh no happen? yeah i totally like people? look stuff up know. or research stuff yeah i want to see like i look for video clips of you know like their public appearances yeah, that i know I'm were so televised curious. at the time and you want to be able to compare them yeah um and they've just done such an incredible job with that show with the casting with everything mm-hmm. i mean helena bottom carter as princess margaret it's yeah. amazing i love her so yeah. much so. i think my favorite was um uh, Jillian Anderson is Margaret Thatcher. Yes. Yeah. She's fabulous. She's like, I don't really know. <laughs> I'm like, you're like not British, but yeah. okay. But and the casting of Diana, in my opinion, was absolutely perfect. And so far, um, the casting of William has been really strong. Harry, the so they have a different actor playing Harry in this second half of the recent season mm-hmm. than they did in the first half. Yeah. And this older, newest one looks one. nothing like him. Like, uh-huh. nothing like him. I, I kind of have to look at a picture to see what he actually yeah. looks like. I forgot. I, I, know, like. I know that, that sh- that's not the priority because you want a performer. You want somebody that yeah. can make the performance and then ideally would look at... Because that's um, with Dominic West playing, um, like, modern-day Prince Charles. Doesn't you're look like, anything like, like him. No. Also, Dominic West can get it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop Sorry. pretending like Since Prince Charles was anywhere like, near this. Excuse me, uh, no. charming and suave. Since he was in The Wire, I've always loved him so yeah. much. I'm like, I love you. You could do whatever you want to do. <laughs> but it's you like can he, do what he, you do what he want. <laughs> you know, he was definitely a performance choice and not an appearance choice. Yeah, he's very really good. He's so good. Um, so. Whereas the actress that's um, that plays Diana is, um, you know, a performance choice and an appearance choice. And I feel like so far the actors playing will have been as well um Mm -hmm. but um and you know milda staunton as like the you know older oldest queen elizabeth Mm -hmm. on the show um but yeah this new harry because like i um i watched the the whole the little documentary series um that harry and megan did um i haven't watched anything about i don't know anything really about the royal family Oh, okay. Aside from what you've learned, what from, the learned from the crown. <laughs> well, you know what? That's good because that's a lot of history and not a lot of like tabloid. Um, yeah. And I think I always kind of shied away from that because I'm like, I don't, it doesn't really silly. matter. It's just you know, stupid. <laughs> just people living their lives. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. I found, I found Harry and Meghan's story kind of fascinating. And then this was the series that I watched. I think it was only like three episodes or something. And it was just primarily, you know, it was interviews with them. It was that their opportunity to tell their story after they had done that big interview with Oprah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, basically about their experience separating from the royal family and, you know, cause they live in California now. And, um, but what that separation was like for them and it coincided with COVID, um, and having their babies. And so it was, it was like, you know, obviously a really tumultuous, like kind of scary, uh, part like time in their lives. And so it was really interesting to hear, um, them talk about it, you know, from their own perspectives and like have the opportunity to tell their side. You know, I still I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily would take one one side over the other, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I, yeah, I do find it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love the show so much and I'm I'm sad to see it's over, but I guess I mean, I understand it like, had to, it had to come. End. Yeah. They just start writing a fictional future <laughs> for these characters. Right. It'll be yeah. like Simpsons where like Simpsons predicts the future. The, <laughs> the crown is going to start predicting the future of the monarchy. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I guess we're ready to talk about. Oh, yeah, that's right. Talk to me. We're here I'm, to talk about I'm a so horror excited. movie. I have some notes even printed. Little, yeah. But only one page. So okay, good. it's not it's not, not yeah. a lot. I was able to keep my recap to my my general like the length that I I try and land it around every time. So I felt good about that. Um, and this I, we should mention um, we did see this in the theater together, um, and that that was the only time I had seen it before I rewatched it to write my recap. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not you know it's like not as deeply familiar with it as I am with some of the movies that we do where it's like, it's been You've a beloved like movie many, your whole many, life. Yeah. How many times have you seen it? Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was really excellent. I tried to, um, you know, focus in on the scenes that I felt were like, were really strong and really scary. Um, so you can let me know if there's if there's anything essential you feel like I missed. OK. Um, mm-hmm. The cast is not one. I mean, it's you know, it is an Australian film. So the cast isn't full of like familiar faces um, to us as Americans, except for Miranda Otto. Um, oh, from who, Lord of the Rings. Yes. Um, and Annabelle Creation. Um, and she was in Homeland and some other stuff. Yeah. She's and really, she's really so an incredible great. actress. And mm-hmm. she has a fairly small, well, I'd say a medium role in this film, but she's fucking hilarious. Yes, I loved her. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's so like, we'll, when's, we'll the, when's the fucking party? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she told me all about it. When's it when starting? Tony? Oh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so. The um, film uh, begins with a guy walking up to a house where a huge party's happening. He's angry and he's looking for his brother, Duckett, which I thought was a kind of hilarious name. Where is Duckett? Duckett. Who? I'm looking for Duckett. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know mate. Um, <laughs> this is a. Uh, our apologies to all of our Australian uh, uh, listeners. Listeners, yeah. For us. I'll try to make that the last time I do that. Say, I reckon I'm going to get that out of the way. I reckon that I think this is a great movie. Um, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, so he's looking for his brother, Duckett, who he finds has closed himself in a bedroom at the party. Everyone at the party is saying that Duckett's out of control. His big brother breaks down the door and leads Duckett, who is shirtless and his torso is all scraped up. Leads he's him, kind of like um, staring a little bit. Yeah. Like not. Out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, He uh, leads his brother um, out through the house, through the party. But a moment later, Duckett um, stabs his own brother with a huge knife before in a daze plunging the knife into his own forehead. Yes. And when he was leading him out, everyone, instead of helping, they had their phones on, their flashes on. Yeah, they were taking videos. And videoing. Yeah. And that's what distracted his brother. He was yelling at all those people. And then all of a sudden he turns and and gets stabbed by his own brother. Um. So next we meet our main character, Mia, who seems to be at some kind of a funeral, like, you know, from what you can tell in that moment. Um, 
And later that evening, she gets a call to pick up her best friend's little brother, Riley. Um, After she picks Riley up, they're like rocking out in the car. They're clearly very close. Um, I remember when watching it the first time, like not knowing the relationships between all of these characters initially, Mm -hmm. um, you know, thinking maybe he was her brother somehow. I mean, she's black and he's white, but um, like that they just seemed incredibly close. Yeah. And she just goes, yeah, she -hmm. goes to pick him up. Um, And uh, but then the car rolls up on an injured kangaroo Mm -hmm. in the road, like so the kangaroo's like (laughs) but it's like for us it's like oh a raccoon or even a deer or like in the invitation when it's like a coyote and they're like nope it's a kangaroo (laughs) i know and americans were like oh my god why is that not in the zoo (laughs) how did it escape from its its how did it leave from the zoo (laughs) yeah take it Um, back to the san diego zoo where it belongs (laughs) um but yeah so it's clearly it's been hit it's injured it's like groaning and making noises um but mia can't bring herself to run it over again to put it out of its misery so she just leaves it there um they get to the home of riley and his sister who's mia's best friend jade um mia and jade are talking they refer to a group chat and we get a glimpse on mia's phone of a video of somebody who looks like they're having some kind of seizure and everybody's like videoing this person and mia says they're doing it again tonight and she wants to go and see if it's real Okay, so we're just mm-hmm. like getting little little snippets of information about um, whatever this is that's going on. Uh, Jade says no, she doesn't want to go. But Mia mentions how today is her mom's two years, and then she calls it uh, the Remembrance Day. So it's the it wasn't a funeral that she was at before, but it um, it's the anniversary of her mother's death. Um, it's been two years since her mom died, um, and she convinces Jade to go. Um, And then during this conversation, we also kind of deduce that Jade's boyfriend, Daniel, used to be Mia's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, So soon Jade and Riley's uh, mom gets home and this is Miranda Otto's character. Mm -hmm. Um, And she and Mia are clearly super close. So like Jade and Mia are besties and Mia is essentially a part of this family. Like, you know, Sue is like her mom. Riley's like her brother. She is absolutely 100 percent a part of this family. Um. And then so later in the evening, Jade and Mia sneak out, even though Jade's mom totally knows, like when Jade goes and asks her, like, going to bed. And she's like, you sneaking out? And she's like, no, I'm not sneaking out. She's like, no. She's She's like, like, you only ever ask if I'm going to bed when you're sneaking out. She's like, I'm not sneaking out. (laughs) She's like, bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so Sue knows that they're um, leaving. But yeah, Sue does not know that Riley goes with the girls. Because he's like, if you don't bring me, I'm telling. Yeah. And they're like, ah, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the three of them roll up at a party um, and then they immediately get shit from this girl named Haley who does not like Mia. Um, so it's kind of like Jade walks in and Haley's like, oh, you're late. And then Riley walks in. And she's like, you fucking brought your brother. And then Mia walks in and she's like, oh, great. Like, so she's just being a real she's a real bitch throughout the she's whole movie. She's being a biatch. That's her. That's her persona, her leading trait. Um, and then a little bit later into the party, Daniel arrives. Mm hmm. Um, So then the group decides it's time to do it again, whatever this it was that we're here to see. And Mia volunteers to be the one who participates, and she is strapped to a chair. Uh, Haley announces that someone needs to time it, that they cannot go for more than 90 seconds once Mia, quote, lets it in. Mm -hmm. Um, Mia asks what happens after 90 seconds, and Haley says with this smirk, 
they'll want to stay. They'll want to stay. <laughs> oh, like, what happens that after 90 cool. seconds? <laughs> they'll want to stay. That was a, a snip, a clip that was in like all of the commercials. All of this, yeah, because it's like, well, what, what, what wants to stay? Yeah, it really sets bad. it up. I don't know if I want to, <clears throat> I don't want them to stay. They need to leave. Yeah. And so then another guy, um, Justin, who turns out to be like a kind of a bigger character, um, then says to Mia, if you die while they're in you, they'll have you forever. Mm-hmm. So Haley lights a candle to quote, open the door and um, a statue of a hand that is all covered with writing is placed on the table in front of Mia and then following Haley's instructions Mia holds the hand and says talk to me Mm-hmm. Uh, immediately, Mia sees an apparition of a dead man in front of her and starts freaking out. Everyone is laughing and taking videos, and Jade is telling Mia to stop faking because Jade, you know, thinks that this whole thing is just a bunch of stupid people, like you know, playing a prank and trying to like get people to watch their videos and stuff. Um, Haley says Mia didn't do it right because she didn't say I let you in. So Mia takes the hand again. She repeats, talk to me. And this time she sees this grotesque rotting woman in front of her. And she says, I let you in. Uh, Mia's pupils dilate unnaturally and she laughs crazily. Uh, Then she points at Riley and says, I like you, <laughs> which is another one that was in a lot of the trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, then a door opens on it, oh, its own and then slams shut. Now um, Mia's eyes are completely black, not just like pupils dilated to the iris, like the whites of her eyes have turned black. Like shark eyes. Yeah. Um, she tells Riley, he's behind you. She repeats, he'll split ya. Mm-hmm. And then she starts yelling over and over, run, run, run. Like this is like, and this is such a scary mm-hmm. scene. Like everything that Mia's saying and doing is just so frightening. And she's like sideways and they're yeah. trying to pull the hand off of her. Yeah, her chair's fallen over and she's just screaming run over and over again. Um, while uh, three people um, wrench the hand out of hers um, and the candle is blown out. Um, Haley seems actually concerned that Mia's okay, even though we know she doesn't like Mia. And she says that they went a bit over. So because they couldn't get the hand away from Mia, she actually had it on for more than 90 90, seconds. 91 seconds or something. And so Mia's gasping and then finally announces, that was amazing. That's so cool. (laughs) So it's like she clearly like enjoyed it. Like it was this like total adrenaline rush or something. Uh, But Riley seems pretty shaken by the whole thing. He's like, I don't... And I want to go I'm home not now. Yeah. It is like he's right over there, and there's yeah. no everyone turns over, he's and then behind the, you, and then the door opens, and he's like, <gasps> he's like a sweet baby angel you. too. Yeah, <laughs> he's a sweet little like he's a little so guy. He's like a fourteen year old, and I think he's kid. about. Um, I think he's about fourteen because later, um, Jade says to his friend, "You're not even fourteen. So they're around that age, and then like Jade and me are, you know, like seventeen. They're driving, so they're like sixteen, yeah. seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that night, Jade is sleeping, um, I mean, Mia's sleeping over at Jade's house, and um, Jade refuses to let Riley sleep in her room, uh, because he's obviously scared, so he turns to Mia, where she's sleeping on, like, a fold-out couch or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, He admits to her... um, she lives with them, I think. She doesn't really live with her dad. Oh, really? I I think, and it's mentioned in a bunch of different videos that I watched, Mm -hmm. kind of doing research, and they're like, well, she's moved in with them. So I'm guessing... I don't know. Yeah, you because know, she does stay at her house that one time later yeah, with true. Daniel. Yeah, but it's like kind but of there like were different her, circumstances. They're kind of like more yeah. her family. Um, okay, yeah. So. so maybe like this is, you know, it's not like an official lives with them, but she like stays there all the time. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so Riley admits that the hand thing scared him and he asks Mia what it felt like. She said it felt like she was glowing. She could hear and see and feel everything. Then Riley asks her how her mom died. Um, and Mia says that she took too many sleeping pills by accident. Uh, Mia's dad found her mom against the inside of the bedroom door and there were scratches on the door and wood under her nails. And Mia says she tried to get help, but she couldn't. Um, and then later, um, you know, like time has passed, uh, Riley's fallen asleep with his phone on and his earbuds in and you see Mia's hand, take the phone and the headphones away from him. I mean, you're only seeing her hand, but then a moment later, a different like rotting hand strokes his face Mm. coming from out of the frame. So you're like, no God, no. Um, so the next day it's Sweet baby angel Riley. Yeah. He, he's, Yeah. Riley, Riley doesn't have a good time in this movie. <laughs> no. Um, so the next day at school, Jade approaches Haley and says that Daniel wants a turn with the hand and they make arrangements to do it at Jade's house that night after her mom leaves. Um, her mom, Sue, is like hilariously accusatory to all of them. Like, when's the party? You having a party? When are they coming over? Um, you better not be drinking. And, and then and Daniel's like, I don't drink. She's like, oh, you're good. Yeah. And then... Um, she and then she like she's because she's talking to Jade and Mia and Daniel about it. And then she goes to Riley's room where he's there with his friend. And she says, to Riley, you are not drinking tonight. On oh, God, I will punch you in the face. I know. <laughs> I'm like, that's such a great mom. So funny. And then the friend was like, if there's drinking, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, is that you were the dog? Open I a know. window. <laughs> Open a window. You're disgusting. <laughs> um, so after Sue's gone, the other kids arrive. Um, And as they prepare for Daniel to take his turn, um, they explain, Justin explains that the hand is actually the actual embalmed hand of a medium that was cut off and covered in ceramics. um, And that it came to Justin uh, via a friend of a friend because they're like, where do you where do you buy it? And he's like, I didn't buy it. I got it from a friend. Like in a trade or someone trying to be. Yeah, like it was just been it's been passed kind of like down down the line. Mm -hmm. So Daniel's strapped to the chair. He says the words. And once he's possessed, he begins to talking to jade his girlfriend saying he hates it when you touch him you make him soft (laughs) jade's like well this is a bummer yeah my favorite is like Haley's over to the side and she like whispers to justin she's like yo this spirit's a kind (laughs) um and you're like you're not wrong yeah (laughs) this this spirit is kind of a dick so then daniel um moans and is rubbing himself suggestively he falls over in the chair and he's humping the floor until the dog runs over and he starts open mouth kissing the dog um finally and they're like no dogs were injured in this right that that dog that dog was consent a consenting adult yeah (laughs) um but and they're all like taking videos and laughing and everything but then they finally yank the hand away from daniel and blow out the candle and he's frantically begging them to delete the videos and then he runs out of the room covered in dog slobber just yeah absolutely humiliated yeah um i have a feeling too that um, while they're possessed, it's kind of like a rat- ratatouille situation. Like yeah, they're like being they controlled. know what's happening. Yes, like they're there. Mm-hmm. They're feeling it too, and and like experiencing someone taking over their body. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think he he knows what happened. Yeah, because as soon as he sure. snapped like, out of it, it. he Take, was immediately he like delete those. Like he knew what he'd been doing. Yeah. So um, to, just in case someone's like uh, thinking it's a an exorcist situation where they don't remember they yeah. they fully i think remember what's what's going on yeah 
Um, next, Mia asks for another turn, and there's um, so then there's a lighthearted montage of them all taking turns and just having a great time. Like she's yeah. up, and then Haley's up, and then Justin's up, and Daniel even goes again. Um, he tries again. Yeah, <laughs> the and, but they're like less of a dick. <laughs> just like cracking up and doing crazy shit and taking videos and smoking and drinking and it's like this great party game even mm-hmm. though it's like they're all understanding that they're legitimately contacting the dead the dead but it's, it's just yeah. like a party game it just felt like a party trick Ouija board yeah. situation like the new thing that yeah. they're, they're trying out but and like I thought that that was interesting because like in any movie where it's the Ouija board it's always like oh you're pushing it oh you're pushing it and then immediately once they realize that it's not them that there really is a spirit. They get freaked the fuck out. And yeah. then that's when like the scary movie movie part starts. Right. And in this one, it's like they're not freaked out by the fact that they're actually being possessed by dead spirits. They're just like, this is hilarious. This is amazing. <laughs> it's like maybe to maybe that's a cynical Gen Z thing where Could they're be. like, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it is what we have it bigger is. things to worry get about. Get this on video. <laughs> um so, um, but then Jade draws the line at Riley's friend doing it. Um, and Mia argues saying like, oh, maybe just 60 seconds, you know, like a little bit less time, even though they're yeah. younger. I mean, she, she seems like she thinks it's not a great idea, but then also she wants them not to be pissed at her. Right. Well, um, and like Jade's, Jade's the only one that hasn't done it. She's, yeah, she's been an observer. Yeah, she's still kind of against it a little bit, like definitely uncomfortable with it, and so she's like, no, my little brother and his friend are not doing that. Like, she feels like she's responsible for them, and she's not gonna have them do something that she's pretty dubious of. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, they kind of argue about it, and Jade storms out, um, giving Riley an opportunity to persuade Mia to let him do it for just 50 seconds. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He takes the hand, says the words, and it begins. And now Riley is speaking to Mia in her dead mom's voice, apologizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 50 seconds have passed, but Mia begs for them to not break him out of the trance because she wants to talk more to her mom. She has questions. Yeah. You know, and I mean, obviously, like she's a young woman who's lost her mom still fairly recently and has an opportunity to speak to her spirit like she doesn't want to let go of that opportunity. Um, And so uh, but moments after, um, you know, she's trying to talk to her mom, Riley begins bashing his own face into the table like so violently, like splitting his scalp open. There's blood everywhere. It's so jarring. It's so jarring and shocking. Um, And then he tries to pull his own eye out of the socket with his fingers, which I still can't watch. I had to look away. Yeah, I remember in the theater. I was like, nope. Yeah. (laughs) Not look, even if it's not real, if it's a gag. I I couldn't. Like, it was so, the parts that I didn't turn away from looked real enough that I couldn't. I couldn't just watch the whole thing. Yeah. It's so horrifying. Uh huh. And it's also been past 90 seconds, also. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. Uh, And so. Because they're, like, not focused on the hand anymore. They're focused on him hurting himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't manage to pull his eye out, but comes damn close. And um, then his chair flies across the room, um, like, you know, getting him away from the the people that are trying to help him um, so that he continues to bash his face into another piece of furniture until Jade finally, like, runs back into the room because of the commotion and she intervenes. Um, everyone is in like a total fucking panic and Mia's like walking in kind of this slow motion daze upstairs out of the room that they're in um, and she turns and sees an apparition of something like through a glass door like through a 
um, I couldn't think of the term of that, like that kind of glass where it's like wavy, like you're not supposed to be able to see through it. I know there's yeah, like a term I don't for know. it. It's just like a window pane that's kind of marbled looking yeah. kind of. So she can like, see that there's yeah. a figure. You can tell it's like a woman in a white dress. It's like, supposed to be her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she like turns back and it's gone. Mm-hmm. So she's she's seeing spirits. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so after the police come and Riley's at the hospital, Mia arrives back at her own home with her dad. Uh, Mia accuses him of keeping something from her about her mom's death before heading to her room and revealing that she has taken the hand and she has it in her backpack. Uh, She then visits the hospital, but is fully rejected by both Jade and her mom. They're like, get the fuck out of here. This is your fault. You did this. Mm -hmm. Um, And also her mom is convinced that she gave him drugs. Oh, yeah. Sue thinks that, yeah, he was must have been drugged or something because, I mean, they've got reports from all the kids that were there, but they're obviously not telling the whole story. They're not talking about the hand. And so she thinks that there must have been drugs involved somewhere. And uh, there was the earlier point when she mentioned how she knew that Mia smoked pot and Mia's like, Jade, your mom doesn't have to know everything. And she's like, I smoked pot once. But so yeah. that's where Sue goes when, because obviously she's devastated and terrified about the condition her son is in mm-hmm. um, and turns I on I mean, Jade and also, that. who would assume it's a hand? Right. It's possessing you. Yeah, like even if they had told the police and, and the parents like, that that's bullshit. what happened, yeah, they wouldn't have believed them. Yeah, unless you're like, hey, we'll try it. Yeah, here Give you it do try. it. Um, so then still at the hospital after she's, you know, been rejected, um, uh, Mia sees in the reflection of a window, the image of her mom again, and she follows it and she has a frightening experience in the bathroom. Like Mm -hmm. just this whole thing. It's like the stall door of the, of the bathroom stall is like the door to the bedroom when her mom died where she can't get it open. And then there's like noises and everything. Like, it's just this really kind of frightening moment for her where she's having this, um, uh, contact experience um, and Daniel finds her there he uh, well not in the bathroom but um, in the stairs and comforts her and then drives her back to her house um, and he's going to stay there with her because his parents think that he's out of town um, and there's a lot of romantic tension between these two in this scene because we know that well, they're, they're exes they're like exes but like held hands and yeah like little kid little, exes little kid crushes yeah. of each other because they say at one point it was like three years ago and Daniel says he's 18 we know Mia's like 16 or 17 so it was like you know 8th you know, grade ninth grade yeah middle school crush yeah um, but they definitely like you know have those kinds of fuzzy feelings for each other mm-hmm. Um, so later, Daniel's asleep and Mia's having a nightmare um, where she's like holding Daniel like romantically or whatever, but it's melded together with the day that her mother died. Um, she startles awake and in the dark, she sees a figure crouched in the corner. And this was a really fucking scary moment. Like this, yeah. as the scene evolved, I feel like it got less scary and more just like, ugh. When you, st- um, yeah, when you saw more, you're like, yeah. oh, well, okay. But initially when it's just a dark room, a dark corner, a figure crouched in the corner, like that's everybody's childhood fear, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, well, you don't want to close your eyes in, in your dark bedroom and go to sleep or why you go under the covers because there's something crouched in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> that's like gonna get you. Quintessential. Um, <laughs> and then the thing begins to crawl toward her, um, which is, you know, pretty creepy. Then, you, But then you see it fully pretty quickly and it's like this bloody, sl- sniveling woman um, and then she suddenly rushes onto the bed. So like a really quick movement, which is a little startling. Um, and so Mia jumps away from the bed and then the woman crams Daniel's entire foot in her mouth mm-hmm. and starts sucking it. And Mia's like standing next to the bed like, oh, my God. And so she's screaming at Daniel for him to wake up. But when he does, it turns out it's Mia who has his foot in her mouth. 
<laughs> yeah, that was awkward. Yeah. And so I put he understandably departs. He's like, I'm gonna be- I'm gonna go. I, I got I forgot I have a thing I gotta do. <laughs> I don't need this. <clears throat> yeah, no, no, thank you. Um so Mia has what I called a wee freak out. She's slapping herself, pounding on the door. Um, and in desperation to talk to her mom again, she uses the hand alone, which we, you know, we haven't, nobody's, um, we haven't seen anyone do that yet. And nobody's explicitly said, never do this alone. Like they say with the Ouija board, like never play alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of understood since yeah. somebody has to strap you down. Somebody has to Pull take the hand, the hand away, blow the candle. Yeah. To end it. Like someone else needs to be there. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely problematic to be doing it alone. Um, her mom appears to her and Mia asks her if she killed herself. Um, her mom reassures her that she didn't. And then she tells her that Riley needs help. Um, at the hospital, uh, Jade and her mom are giving Riley a sponge bath when Sue is called away. And suddenly Riley attacks Jade, biting her. And while she screams for help, Riley smashes his head into the tiles, laughing hysterically, and then starts lapping up his own blood off the tiles until he starts having like this kind of seizure. So he has like a whole other episode where he's clearly still trying to like harm himself or kill himself. Yeah. And I wonder if like he had caused himself such... To harm to his head and his mm-hmm. brain, then that's what ended up causing the seizure or something. But it was it maybe was, it was such an intense scene, like all those scenes. I'm like, yeah. oh, like they're I'm so, so brutally executed because they really, truly, they do look very real. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like, it's, they're it's jarring. Like, um, you know, just the damage and the harm and the way that um, it's it's filmed um, and the way that they, you know, the angles that they did. Um, and the way they execute it, it just makes it look very convincing, like it's really it's happening, brittle. which makes it difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the kids all gather. It's Jade, Mia, Daniel, Haley, and Justin. And Mia asks if they've still been seeing things. They all say no, but Haley mentions Duckett, our friend from the beginning. Um, and Justin explains that that's who he got the hand from. And the Duckett also said that he had started seeing things without the hand. Uh, Mia asks if they can talk to Duckett's brother. So we know we learn that he survived being stabbed the stab. at the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, so they all go and find him. They follow him onto a bus. He's like pretty reluctant to talk to them. And he tells them that Riley's body gets weaker the longer the spirits are in him. And so that's like the um, kind of the. Uh, the problem is that he's still under the spell. Um, Jade, they get off the bus. Um, Jade turns on Mia, blaming her, and the rest of the group gets on board too. Everybody is just, you know, um, what, what's the scapegoating? Not mm-hmm. scapegoat, because it is kind of Mia's fault, but they're definitely like all ganging up on her and turning on yeah. her. Um, and Mia they, suggests. They, they, she's like, well, we all agree. And they're like, we did not. No, actually. We didn't. You, that was you. You said that, yeah. You said it was fine yeah and then this and that's happens. true she's the only like nobody else said no nobody other than jade right. said no and mia should have known that i mean jade's her best friend and so it's like it's kind of justifiable to be well, blaming her yeah because she went around her it's kind of like going behind her friends her right. best friend's back and and doing you know, that with her with which, a brother that is you know like her own brother too she's supposed to protect yeah also um, so Mia suggests that maybe they didn't blow the candle out on Riley. Um, 
which makes sense because they were all like so focused on his injuries and, um, you know, just like it was such a frenzy and a panic when that all of that happened with Riley that nobody was really paying attention to the procedure yeah. <laughs> of the of the hand thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't she thinks that they didn't blow the candle out um, and that they should have Riley use the hand again so that they can blow the candle out. And then maybe that would dispel the spirits that were that were still in him. And Jade's like, are you kidding? And she's like, well, do you have any other ideas? Yeah. Give me give me a better you know, what suggestion. What else can we do to, we have to try to fix this. Yeah. Um, so Jade, Daniel, and Mia go to the hospital and try, but it doesn't seem to be working. So Mia gets the idea of using the hand herself to try to reach Riley. But when she says, talk to me, a little girl in, appears in front of her instead. Um, Mia talks to the girl and asks her about Riley. And the girl says, I can take you to him. Um, and then uh, they take hands where well, they're already holding hands because when um, when the spirits appear to Mia, um, they're the hand that she's holding rather than the statue hand. Right. Um, yeah. And so then the little girl says, I let you in. Mm-hmm. So it's like a reverse of the process. And Mia is transported to this hellish scene where it looks like Riley's like being fed upon by demons. It's just like a bunch of quick cut shots of just really, really disturbing, horrifying, demonic, hellish images. Yeah. Um, and Riley's like clearly like in torture, like in total agony. Mm-hmm. I'm just surrounded by <clears throat> evil, evil critters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Mia, like, you know, snaps out of it, returns um, and she's hysterical and she tells Jade and Daniel they're never going to stop. Like, she's just crying. Um, So Mia goes home um, and her dad is waiting and confesses to her that he hasn't been honest with her. And he reads Mia her mother's suicide note. Mia doesn't believe saying like her mother told her that she didn't kill herself. She's like, it's not true. She told me it wasn't true. Um, and but as her dad is comforting her, Mia sees the vision of her mom again saying that it isn't true. So like her dad saying like, look, your mom killed herself. This is her suicide note. But the spirit version of her mom is like, no, he's lying. That's not your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Mia goes off into her room where the vision of her mom says that she didn't write the letter and that that isn't Mia's dad and that, quote, they are imitating him and he's going to hurt her. Um, And so now dad is at Mia's bedroom door pounding and calling. But then we also see him downstairs opening her backpack and finding the hand. So we see that there's like two two dads in the house. Yes. Um, So it's kind of like, I don't know, like initially, okay, her mom's telling the truth. Oh, wait, no, she's not like they, they are imitating her dad. But that's not the dad that was talking to her. Um, and so it's it's just kind of like um, un- unexplained in this in this moment. And um, but Mia is still talking to her mom um, and the mom tells her that she needs to put Riley out of his misery to save him. She's like, he's in agony. You need to like the only way to save him is to kill him. I'll take care of him. Like I'll take care of his spirit or whatever. And she's trying to convince Mia to kill Riley. Um, so then a demonic version of Mia's dad bursts into the room, attacking her, even as we're still seeing the real dad downstairs, like looking upstairs, being like, oh, what's that noise? Um, and so then he go- the real dad goes upstairs and finds the door still closed. And he's, you know, knocking on the door while the demon dad inside is attacking Mia. And so then real dad breaks down the door just as Mia gets a hold of a pair of scissors that she was going to use to protect herself from demon dad. But stabs, of course, not demon dad, but her real dad in the Mm -hmm. throat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like how um, with the woman sucking on Daniel's foot where she was seeing spirits and um, events taking place with with the spirits um, that then she, um, you know, realized like weren't what was happening in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is upsetting. Uh, it was a... A real switcheroo. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't love least. it. I was like, "What? Oh, poor, oh god. Oh, that's okay. not good. That's a bummer." Okay. Yeah. So she's gotten dad in the throat with a pair of scissors. Um, so now uh, we're with Jade at the hospital, and she gets a phone call from Mia, and Mia tells Jade she knows how to save Riley. And we're like, "Sure you do. We know what you want to do." Um, <laughs> and Mia tells Jade to come to her house. Um, but when Jade pulls out of the hospital parking lot, we see Mia is watching um, from another car. And once Jade is gone, Mia heads inside the hospital. So the phone call was just to get Jade away. It was away. a ruse. It was a ruse. Mm-hmm. Um, Mia is in Riley's room, uh, notably with the scissors in her back pocket. Um, and uh, Riley's mom, Sue, appears and apologizes. Um, there was no drugs in his system. She was just upset. She knows Mia would never hurt Riley. And they reconcile. Um, Mia asks for a minute alone with Riley and Sue leaves. Um, but then suddenly Riley appears to Mia as this like rotting old man creature with no teeth who tells her that she can't take Riley, that he's theirs. Um, she has the scissors. She's getting ready to stab this old creature. Then briefly he appears as Riley again. And so she's like really struggling with this. And then she's seeing visions of the kangaroo from the beginning that she didn't help. And so there's this parallel between the kangaroo was suffering and she didn't put it out of its misery. And now Riley's the one suffering and she believes that she needs to put him out of his misery. Um, She just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, And she can't bring herself to do it. Um, And then meanwhile, this is all cutting back and forth between Jade arriving at Mia's house, finding Mia not there and then finding Mia's dad, who is actually not dead, but is dying, um, you know, bleeding out from his neck. And Jade calls her mom to warn her that Mia's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, So Sue returns to the hospital room after getting Jade's call and finds that Riley's gone. Jade gets back to the hospital um, and but from the parking lot. So before she even gets in, she sees Mia running off away from the hospital parking lot with Riley in a wheelchair. Uh, Mia pushes Riley to the nearby freeway and he's still appearing to her as the rotting man from time to time. And then her mother, um, her mother's uh, apparition is behind her, kind of egging her on um, to, to kill Riley. Um, and then we get the viewpoint from the inside of one of the vehicles just like blazing by on the freeway. And we see this accident occur of, from that vehicle's viewpoint. And then it cuts to an, like a, a shot from above of Mia's body laying on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, she stands up and looks over and sees Jade on the side of the road cradling an unharmed Riley. So Riley's out of the wheelchair and Jade's holding him and, and Riley's, you know, is fine. And then suddenly Mia's back inside the hospital and she passes a room where we see a completely healed Riley with Sue and Jade seeming to be getting ready to be released from the hospital and go home. And so Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, so she she's not okay. So some time has gone by. Yeah. She didn't like get up from the middle of the road and walk away. Yeah. Um, And so she's. uh walking through the hospital she sees her dad walking away from her she calls out to him she calls out to riley who as he is um walking out uh with his family as well but then lights begin turning out all around her until she's in total darkness Uh, we hear a match strike and she sees a candle flame in the distance 
She walks to it um, and she finds an outstretched hand, like a human hand. She takes it in hers and then suddenly finds herself sitting in a room full of people holding hands with a man who says to her, I let you in. Mm -hmm. Uh, She gasps and then the scene cuts to black. Mm -hmm. And that is let me in. Uh, not, not let the right one in. That's talk to me. I did me. it. You did it. <laughs> I did it too. I think. It's, I think part of it's like I let you in, which is making us uh, right. Yeah, it's that make, phrase. Make mistakes. Yeah. But anyway, regardless of what uh, it's called, did you think it was scary? Um, come on. Movies don't really make me scared. I know, but you can you no, can no, objectively um, say that it was scary. Not that necessarily no, no. you were scared. I would say it was scary. Uh, the beginning was like shocking, mm-hmm. so that uh, I was not expecting that. The very beginning, the house party with Duckett, oh suddenly, yeah, and it, he, yeah, because it just like jumped right into the action so fast, yeah. Uh, and then the the way that Riley is just suddenly, it's all fun and games. It's light. It's funny. Oh, oh, this is so funny. We're filming it. We're laughing. I we're drinking. Turn. We're smoking. Yeah. Suddenly, all hell breaks loose, and it's. A nightmare. Yeah. And this, this little boy is, is being, you know, almost killing himself um, right in front of them. And um, that was so jarring and, and sudden to me. Mm-hmm. So I was that was terrifying. And where I was just like cringing in the theater, like, going, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. You know, like that. This movie is original and it takes an old kind of trope where it's like. You know, Ouija board. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It, we're gonna do this at the party. You know, it, it'll. Let's all watch. Let's take video and and laugh. And they fully know that they're dealing with some crazy shit. They probably shouldn't be. Yeah. But that's thrilling mm-hmm. and um, addictive. They don't think there's any consequences. Yes, and they're um, they're like, oh well, if you do it too long, it's gonna you know, fuck you up really good. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You know, kind like, of like they, <laughs> and like Haley and Justin know that like a dude stabbed his brother and then killed himself after yes. using this thing. Yeah, and they're like, well, it's, you know, it's, it'll be fine. They're like, doesn't that kind of sound like what happened to Duckett? You're like, that's <laughs> funny. I feel like I've seen this before, but I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this is fine. Um, amazing, and and the, and the ending was just done so well, where it wasn't like. Because there are so many movies where you watch the movie, you enjoy it, you love it. You know, our beloved Stephen King will do that mm-hmm. and have an amazing story. And then the ending, you're like, oh, yeah. really? You wanted That's something more end? out of it. Right. But this ending, I really, I liked. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. And I thought it was very well done and, and, and smart and so sad, actually, yeah. when you think about it. Um, but the visuals were great mm-hmm. and the pacing and... It was just like a quick hour and a half, and it told told a really great, compelling story about grief and what happens to you if mm-hmm. you um, if you just fi- try to find an outlet or something to get yourself out of that grief, even just for a little bit. Yeah. And what can happen if it's something dangerous, you know, and mm-hmm. how it will affect you for your whole life, possibly. It's definitely for Mia, and um, probably for Riley too. In the end. Yeah. So, did you think this was a scary movie? I did. I thought it was really, really scary. Um, uh, like I mentioned, the the scenes, the scenes that were like violent. Um, you know, there was never you know violence against another. Well, I mean, I guess kind of with the scissors in the throat and whatnot. <laughs> but like you know, the the scene and then where put, um, stabbing his yeah, brother, <laughs> um, where Riley's harming himself. Um, the scene with. Um, 
when Mia's first possessed and she's, um, you know, the things that she's saying, because that's your first um, exposure to the game, to the process in the in the movie. So it's the first time that you're seeing it and you don't know yet very much about what's supposed to be happening. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, because then after that, you find out that it's enjoyable for the participants. Like, it's something that they choose to do over and over again because of how it makes them feel. But at that time, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the things that she's saying and the the actress performs them in a way that is really unsettling and creepy. Yeah. Um, so that scene, Riley's scene, the scene with the woman in the bedroom briefly, um, I thought were all really scary um, mm-hmm. had really scary moments. Um, I definitely remember covering my eyes or covering my face um, watching this. Yeah. Um, I did not initially, when we saw it in the theater, I didn't like the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was partly because um, I felt like it, it, there wasn't really actually closure for Riley's story. There was no explanation for why um, he was freed. Yeah. You know, like you could suppose that somehow her sacrifice broke the link or something like the fact that she died is what saved him. Um, But you don't you don't really know. You never find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and that part's not really explained Um, now, like watching it a second time. Um, and you know, you always understand it a little bit better when you begin the story with all of that information front loaded. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I definitely, with a, with a story like this, you see it differently the second time. Definitely. Um, You perceive everything differently when you already know what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the ending bothered me less on the rewatch because I knew that first of all, I knew that that's what was coming. Um, and I just looked at the story differently. And so I now I do agree that it was cool that like the turnaround that now she is the spirit mm-hmm. um, that is kind of lo- because they do mention them being in limbo, that the spirits that are contacted through the hand are this are spirits that are stuck in limbo. Right. Um, and so then in theory, her mom is there because her mom committed suicide. She's there because she committed suicide. Um, you know, the different people that they encounter there all had, you know, they didn't have happy dying in their beds of old age, uh, deaths. Problematic. Yeah. They had problematic deaths, um, that led them to still be on the plane where they could be contacted Mm -hmm. via this hand. Um, and so I did, I did like that turnaround because I also really liked the, the turnaround when, um, she spoke to the little girl and the little girl was going to show her purgatory or limbo or wherever it was that Riley was stuck. The fact that it was, you know, they were holding hands and then it was the little girl that said, I let you in and mm-hmm. like reversing the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was a cool element. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that it was a really cool story. I think I liked, I liked all the characters, you know, Riley was adorable. Mia was like kind of tragic and sympathetic, but also kind of problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, Jade was like, super basic and kind of annoying sometimes but then at the same time she's also kind of the stable you know responsible one yeah um Haley's like a total bitch and and she's just like treating everyone like shit and you're just like ugh, Haley (laughs) (laughs) um and so and then obviously the mom Sue was like a spectacular character and Mm -hmm. so funny um so it really like 
it really rolled along. Like you say, it was only 90 minutes long. So it's a short movie to begin with. Um, and so, and the, it just, there was no lulls in the story. It no. just really kind of plowed forward. Yeah, not at all. And it is, um, I think also in the beginning of the movie, she references a dream she had where she couldn't see mm-hmm. her reflection. And that was played, took a little, that was a little, um, I guess, foreshadowing. Cause they, did that later after she had died. She um, she couldn't see her own reflection in the hospital. Oh, and in the window. Was, yeah, yeah, and um, she was kind of realizing that she was no longer on this plane anymore. Yeah. Um, which was kind of interesting. I, I liked that uh, sort of very... It was only took a minute or two, that revelation, but it was like kind of rolling it out slowly. Like mm-hmm. this is, you know, time has gone on really quickly and you're still just walking down this hallway, observing the, these characters around her, just moving on. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I I watched it and a, a second time, like you did, and noticed a lot more that I didn't the first mm-hmm. time. So um, hopefully, I'll show it to Charlotte. I think she. Yeah, Although Grace I'll, has seen it. I'll Grace really liked it. Up with the because she gets lightheaded. In. Woozy. <laughs> if she gets grossed out? Yes. Okay. So I might be like, ah, close your eyes. This is pretty revolting. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty gross. Um, yeah, it's interesting, like, um, the, you don't often, I mean, obviously horror movies are constantly, constantly dealing with death, whether it's a slasher movie or a ghost story or a demonic, like, death is, is an, an element in, like, every horror movie in, mm-hmm. in some uh, facet. And, um, but it doesn't often get um, even the ones that are religious based, like possessions and exorcisms and things that are like church based, um, don't often get philosophical about like what happens to your soul, what happens to your spirit and like what that would feel like. And I think that that's interesting because for me personally, like even though, you know, I was raised Catholic and and I still participate in the Catholic Church and teach at a Catholic school. I don't actually believe that anything happens after we die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but sometimes I do stop and think about how it really makes sense that the people who truly deeply do believe um, in purgatory, in heaven, in hell, why the fear of those places and that... Um, that fate for eternity would motivate you incredibly to behave a certain way in life. If you really, truly felt that when you died, there was an eternity ahead of you of either this or this, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and something like this, the imagery that they showed of what Riley was experiencing and what he was suffering in limbo or in purgatory. um, You know, if you like how how powerful that idea can be for human behavior Mm -hmm. if you really truly do believe that that is a potential future for you for the rest of time (laughs) that you would be fed upon and tortured by a horde of demons in hell if you ate meat on Friday, (laughs) you know, Um, it makes sense that, you know, for, you know, all of human history, that people have followed those rules and created these institutions and fought each other, fought wars, killed each other over religious dogma, because that fear, I mean, I don't personally feel it, but I can imagine it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, absolutely, you would do anything to avoid right. that if you thought that that was really possibly ahead of you. Yeah. 
And even us seeing it on film for like a few seconds, we're like, Ew, no, thank you. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, Zero out of four stars. Yeah, <laughs> would not go back there. No. I, I mean, imagine thinking that's like actually a place you would go. Yeah. That's a pretty nightmarish and uh, yeah scary so, so. then you know it, <laughs> like but like i said the the then you have you know her experience and like she's not being fed upon or tortured or whatever but she you know she's wandering she's alone like that is that going to be the rest of her eternity just stranded in the dark wandering in the dark until of uh, uh, candlelight somewhere and she has mm-hmm. a few moments where she gets to connect connect and embody someone else and like kind of live very briefly before yeah. she goes back to the dark or even like in the um in the insidious movies with that concept of the further like yeah. the spirits that are there it's just like this misty blue landscape with nothing and that's just that's forever that's mm-hmm. just your forever yeah. Like th- that that would be very very frightening if you believed that that was potentially something that could happen to you after you die. Yeah. She I mean, but that was also her just kind of the the theme with with Mia, just like not connected with her dad. Her dad was always in the background, blurry, mm-hmm. not connected. Yeah. And the only kind of meaningful relationship she had was with her her best friend, her best friend's mom, Riley, mm-hmm. and um, she just seemed alone yeah. and in her grief. Mm-hmm. And it was um, really sad to yeah. watch. You know, she just craved any kind of connection and acceptance. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's, you know, she was like one of the first people to, to volunteer for that game yeah. you know and and she's just like I just want to feel something besides this pain right. something besides this grief mm-hmm. and um, so I did have some different facts oh, bring about it on. The, the filmmakers but before I go into that there are some like kind of themes that and of course this is not from me it was from well there's the Raka Raka channel which is the <laughs> The twin brothers who made this movie, that's what their their YouTube channel was. Okay. And then there's Spikima Movies and then Amanda the Jedi. They have like these fun channels where they talk about themes or, you know, things that you see in the, in the film that were like interesting or whatever. But um, he talks Spikima. I'm probably saying that wrong. Sorry. <laughs> but he talks about... Um, the color yellow so mia in most of the movie there's yellow on her throughout oh yeah she has that uh, big chunky yellow sweater that i Mm -hmm. thought was really cute i really like actually how they dressed her i loved her wardrobe it was very cute (laughs) yeah but she always had yellow okay even when she had to have a uniform on she was wearing like a yellow scrunchie on her hand on her arm Mm -hmm. or even when at her mom's like remembrance day she's wearing all black but she was wearing like um, golden yellow studs and a necklace and stuff okay. so and um so that was kind of i think meant to set her apart from everybody else mm-hmm. to say that she kind of was separate from everybody because mm-hmm. um, everyone else was in different shades of blues and things so that was kind of um i think done on purpose but then there's also these um they talked about a lot just like using the hand at the party and um, how it's similar to a ouija board but teens the teenagers kind of get a rush summoning the spirits, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, and they, it's like drugs. They, they can't stop using it. They're getting a rush. They have dilated eyes. They feel 
a thrill. Yeah, it's, euphoric. Yeah, euphoric. And Mia can't stop because she she wants to feel something aside from grief at first. Then it's the connection or the possible connection with her mother mm-hmm. that she's she can't quit. She right. like keeps keeps doing it, and so hence she takes the hand and takes it home with her, and then she's using it, using it um, alone. And then there's also a lot of sounds that are used throughout the movie, like um, scratching. There's a lot of scratching in the in the movie. Um, the scratching her mom does in the the door after she overdoses on sleeping pills. Um, scratching in the bathroom when she mm-hmm. hears her mom's spirit, and then um, scratching her own fingernails. Oh yeah, um, she picks at her nail polish a bunch, mm-hmm. and like a couple of different scenes. Yeah, and then there's the water noises, glug of the water with the first spirit, and then mm-hmm. um, just like glugging. You hear glugging and yeah. um, oh my sloshing. god, I love that Jade's family had like a fish tank, but they had axolotls. Yeah, and they're I'm like. One of, like, the rarest species of creatures in the world, and they just, like, have a fish tank of axolotls. I'm like, that's incredible. <laughs> They're like, no big deal. No biggie. We it's just fine. got them at Petco. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Next to the kangaroos. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then they had, every time that spirit of her supposed mother kept coming up, it was mm-hmm. the glugging of the water and the sloshing. And there's she's washing her hands in the first scene, washing dishes. Washing she's dishes, yeah. There's... Um, those drowned spirit that she sees. There's the rainstorm after she has an interaction and she's talking to Riley and it's raining. Yeah, and it's, she's watching the rain on the mm-hmm. window. Yeah. There's just like a theme of reoccurring water happening throughout the the film. And um I thought that was kind of interesting. Did they say what I, any of that was supposed to like the yellow, like okay, it was to set her apart, but a reason they picked yellow or it was just cuz that's like an infrequent color? I'm not really entirely sure, but um they had water noises. I think it was because it was supposed to be like kind of insinuating that the spirit of her of that first entity that had she drowned mm-hmm. and the one the spirit that was appearing as her mother was not her. It was yeah. the spirit that had drowned. That was like oh, kind of interesting. Um, and so that's why it, her appearance. mother was gurgling, even though she wouldn't she did not drown. Yeah. And then it was like appearing behind glass. So it was like. You couldn't see yeah. the the fact is it wasn't her mother, and uh-huh. then um, as the movie progressed, the jig was kind of up eventually, and she started to appear more and more like that first entity that she yeah, saw. Yeah, her face looked like puffier and yeah, more like had been drowned. Yeah, like that's that, interesting. That um, spirit. So it was whatever that was. I think it's it's supposed to kind of be insinuated that when you hear that sloshing gl- glugging sound, it, it's it was that spirit not her mom mm-hmm. and it happened kind of as a kind of a little hint that it was not her mm-hmm. her mother trying to contact her and then also um i forgot what i was going with that never mind <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm like Where i derailed you with this? my question about yellow <laughs> no, i'm like i don't know weird, it was like was question. it are they big cold play fans they love okay. yellow <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but i just i i thought that was really interesting just kind of the the connection of she, of Mia, she's alone. She's her friend is, you know, into this guy. Yeah, not you know? really paying clo- super close attention. Like Jay mm-hmm. didn't even know. She it's was like, "Oh, is that remem- today?" Yeah, it's like my there's mom- a big event at her house for her mom's remembrance day, and her best friend A isn't there, and B doesn't even know what's happening. Yeah, and then she's like, "It's my mom's remembrance day." And then she, everyone's like pissed that she's showed up. Hannah was a real biatch about it. She's like, why do you have to bring her? 
Oh, uh, she's just like such a bummer, you yeah. know, or whatever. And then, you know, it's like, what is she? She's like, she's just like feigns for like wants attention. Yeah. And it's like, she's in grief. She wants any kind of connection. Her best friend's like into this guy. Yeah. She doesn't seem like the worst friend ever, but also she seems just kind of a little bit removed mm-hmm. um, from this, you know, acknowledging and realizing her friend needs kind of somebody there. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, support her. But, uh, yeah, I just, I love this, this movie so much. <laughs> and, um, oh, I know what I was going to say. That the, that spirit, whatever it was, um, was just there to like manipulate and um, it, they honed in on somebody who was weak and in grief. Mm. And that was Mia in that yeah. room. So, yeah, well, and it, it does kind of make sense, too, that, like, if you look at it from Mia's perspective at the end of the movie where, um, you know, she has nothing like you say, like she's she's separate throughout the movie. She has no connection. She just wants to feel something. And now in the end, she ends up with nothing, with no one, like completely isolated in this darkness until she has an opportunity to take someone's hand and be let in as the spirit. So like, if that's the experience that many or most of these spirits are having, then it would explain what they would be motivated to stay. To not want to be kicked out so right. quickly. They would want to, they didn't want, they wouldn't want like the 90 seconds are up and they yank the hand back and then you're back into the darkness. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, um, you know, the spirit that stayed in Mia and continued to manipulate her, um, you know, you don't know if like, was it an evil person to begin with? We don't know anything about that person or how they died or why, you know, their spirit is where it is, but it, it makes sense that the spirit would be motivated to stay. Mm-hmm. to because it's your opportunity to be on the living plane in some fashion yeah. instead of in whatever other dimension in you're in thing. when you haven't like connected through the hand mm-hmm. yeah so uh i do have some information about the the directors which i i watched a, it was like a 10 minute video this morning about these these guys but they're um they did the rocker rocket channel Racka Racka, actually. The Racka Racka Boys. They're twins, brothers, Danny and Michael. They had a YouTube channel. Their first, And this was their first feature film Amazing. ever. And so they got their start. And this reminded me of Deke, actually. My, my, the, for those who don't know, my son. Um, filming themselves in the backyard. Yeah. At 11-year-olds. Just, like, you know, being crazy and wild and, and trying to do, like, WWE, like, yeah. tricks and stuff. Yeah. And um, their close friend's older sister kept them out of trouble and helped raise them. I mean, they had parents, but also she kept them kind of, yeah. like, keeping them from being juvenile delinquents. <laughs> um, so then they created their channel in 2013. It was, like, is hugely successful. They gear... It was geared kind of... It came out in 2013. I was a young parent, so it, it was something I saw kind of crop up sometimes, but I would never watch that because it's like for it was for, for kids. T- teenage boys. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Um, and then they um, they also rented a mansion in 2017 and filmed their antics. Then they moved on to that kind of fizzled out and then they've um, moved on to this film and they didn't accept money from an American studio because it would change their vision. They, the American studio wanted to do a lot of changes mm-hmm. to the film. They wanted they wanted it to be like an Australia with an Australian cast. So they mm-hmm. just kind of stayed small. They had a, their kind of funding in Australia and then they made their movie. Um, so they stuck to their guns. Then the film made it into Sundance. 
uh, film festival. Mm -hmm. And here's a fun fact. The older sister who helped raise them um, she, and kept them out of trouble, she relocated to the States, kind of where near where Sundance is, is held. And she was oh, like, really? one day you guys will be here for Sundance, mm -hmm. you know, having a, a, you know, whatever you're doing, you're going to be successful having your film. Aww. So they called her up on, and it was on the mm -hmm. little channel and they're like, they did FaceTime and they're like, our movie made it into Sundance and you're going to come. And they um, were able to reconnect after like 10 years of not seeing each other. So mm -hmm. it was a sweet moment. And I was, it was like really cool. Aww, that's cute. So, um, and then it was hugely successful, obviously in a 24 eventually won out in the bidding war and so it, you see them say, like, A24 bought, you know, we got into Sundance, and A24 is going to buy our film. And you, they are filming the reactions of the different actors, like, oh, my God, this is yeah. so crazy. And um, it was really, you know, cool. Yeah. And the actor who played Mia, is, it's like, she's like, oh, my God. She, like, had to crouch down and, like, go ahead. She's, and like, overwhelmed. She's like, I cannot believe this. <laughs> you know, they're like, well, you were amazing. Everyone's like praising your work and, yeah. and what you did in this movie. And, you know, it was, you deserve it. You yeah. know, it's amazing. So, um, and then I thought it was just really cool. And then Jordan Peele, Stephen King, all these people were at, you know, reaching out to these young filmmakers, YouTuber guys who did their first feature film. And mm -hmm. it was like... Jordan Peele, Stephen King, Spielberg, all these people were like, congratulations. I can't wait to see your movie. And they're like flabbergasted yeah and so can you imagine <laughs> no i couldn't and i look forward to seeing what they're gonna make next they're working on mortal Kombat, actually oh so my god i <laughs> that should be interesting i'm an elder millennial so i i have my reservations about how that will go because yeah. i'm skeptical to say the least but i hope it goes well yeah so See, i never played video games so I have no, I have no frame of reference. You don't care for that. Okay, well, let's just say the old movies were pretty not good, but oh, there were already movies. Yes, there were some in the past in the nineties that were no good. Okay, and there was one actually that came out not too long ago. I would say it was okay. So, it will you give been this worse. one a shot? Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. I mean, considering this movie was so great, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully it'll, you know rise to the occasion and do the um, source material justice I think yeah. I think it'd be fun but um, I thought it was just kind of an interesting kind of um, you know information about these guys I, when I we went to go see it I was like unknown you know young yeah. filmmakers I knew that much I didn't know much about these guys but they're just like twin brothers who kind of got their start filming crazy stuff of them their antics as like little kids so mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of kind of fun but. Yeah, that does seem to be the the theme when we get these horror movies that have inventive stories. Mm -hmm. um, you know that it's it's new new voices in the genre, which it's, I really like. I yeah, think it's, pretty it's fun. not the same old table because you know, like you and I both like I love James Wan. And he's absolutely incredible. So talented. Love all of his movies except Malignant, but <laughs> yes. he's not bringing crazy original ideas to the genre no he's doing them incredibly well um but you don't see his movies and go oh my god like that's you know that's so creative that's so i've never seen anything like that before it's not like hereditary and midsummer or jordan peele's work or or this like it's um you know it's it takes the 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 tropes and the themes of the genre and uses them really well yeah um, yeah 
But I feel like I I love that, um, you know, we're seeing instances like this where Mm -hmm. new voices, new stories are being told. And lots of times it's it's because the um, the field, the playing field is being opened up to people from other backgrounds, other countries, other ethnic groups that like have, you know, their own ideas, their own cultures, their own stories to tell. It's it's like a perfect example of it is the, the movie Prey which was Mm -hmm. like, you know, the umpteenth Predator sequel, Mm -hmm. um, but took, you know, a completely different um, tack from like a cultural standpoint, a gender standpoint, um, and made an absolutely beautiful movie. Right. Um, And I it's it's always so exciting when you when you see that happen, especially when you see it happen and then you see it be successful, because then, you know, that's just going to increase it. It's going to make it happen more often and continue to kind of build because like I, I grew up on MGM musicals um, and I just always loved like the 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 big flashy Hollywood um, studio musical films. Mm-hmm. And like I did theater and I've, I've seen a good amount of stage musicals, but I'm not really like a big like we've got some friends that go to the theater all the time, like see they shows invite me. constantly. And I'm like, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> like here in New York, like they they're all about stage theater. And it's like I I just when I was a kid really loved the films of um, those those musical um, shows. And um, I'll never forget going to see Moulin Rouge with my best friend Hillary when that came out. I, I mean, I guess we were in high school, middle school, I don't know, um, when we went to see it. And even though it wasn't, it wasn't a stage musical, it was a musical film, mm-hmm. you know, and it was Baz Luhrmann and he'd been really successful with Romeo and Juliet and everything, but it was a musical film that had like these big stars. It was this big release. It was really popular. It made all this money. And I remember like thinking and saying to Hillary, like, this is it. They're coming back. Right. Mm-hmm. And then and the next things like then they made Chicago and they made Phantom of the Opera and these big budget musical films like started popping up more and more. They made Les Miserables like um, and it's it's like I see that happening with these really unusual creative um, voices coming into horror mm-hmm. that like every time something like this gets made and is a big success and is really popular, then that's going to grow it a little bit. It's going to keep feeding into it so that we get more originality and more like new stories and, and new ideas in the genre. Yeah. I love, I, you know, bring it on. Cause I love, I you love, love bringing, I love bringing it bring on it too. On. Bring it on. It's such an amazing commentary <laughs> okay, okay, on, on ethnic relations and adolescence. It's only been brought. No. Um, <laughs> Well, it follows. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, lights out. That was a YouTube, the guy who made like scary movies on YouTube, yeah. like shorts, you know, and when you get these different perspectives, different like heat that I think the the creator of Lights Out, he's not, I think he's Swedish or something or mm-hmm. from one of those Nordic. <laughs> one of those places where they have better Over education there. than us. Better ed- <laughs> education, obviously. Healthcare and yes. all that. <laughs> um, so it really brings stuff to the genre that is. Um, it could be old stories there, but it would yeah, be new but to it's me. new to us. Yeah, so I, I love it. And or in like the comedic voice of Jordan Peele coming into horror, Danny McBride coming into horror with the the recent Halloween movies, mm-hmm. like these people from other other genres that have something to contribute here and are are jumping in. Yes, it's and cool. it's one of the reason I love this genre so much because there there are no boundaries there are or, or, or uh, parameters for mm-hmm. storytelling it could you know so it's um kind of the sky's the limit 
and it's um it's really fun so yeah um if you if, if, listeners if you have not seen this movie so sorry yeah you know sorry we just happens. ruined the shit out of it for you but it is still worth watching <laughs> Watch even though you know what happens because um even even Katie's really great synopsis can't do justice to no. her performance. It was no. it was so good. And yeah, and the scary the scary moments like you you need to live in them. Like they're <laughs> they're so good. Be disgusted. Yes. Yeah. Be disgusted. Allow them to envelop you. <laughs> yes. So, um, so I think great talk, and I'm so glad I remembered to to uh, give credit to the sources that I use because usually I'm like I didn't. Like somebody this, said this somebody wasn't said me, this, but it wasn't me. So don't think I'm some kind of genius. Like according to true. the internet, the internet said. <laughs> um, but so next uh, movie we're doing is Flat Flatliners mm-hmm. from 1990. Yeah, it is an old one, but has really solid cast. Absolutely, yeah. Think, no, the the original. What's it? I think Kevin Bacon, um, Stephen Baldwin, Julia Roberts, Oliver Platt, uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. Um, I think that's that that main that the main core cast. group, mm-hmm. um, and then of course because I'm I haven't had a lot of opportunity lately, um, but I am sequels, prequels, and remakes girl. Yeah, I know it's your favorite. Yeah, it's your favorite um, thing to do. They did remake Flatliners in 2017. Um, with, I think they did it just. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was it was gorgeous. Um, it was uh, Elliot Page um, back when he was performing as Ellen Page. Um, and the, the a couple of other recognizable faces in the cast. And one actor I can't I can't remember the actor's name, but he was in um, Rogue One. Um, anyway, anyway, the the sequel is also very very great and enjoyable. Um, and it's like it's a little science fictiony, but definitely I I think it definitely qualifies as horror. Are you looking it up? I am now. Uh, Diego <clears throat> Luna. Diego Luna. That's who it was. For, he was also from Itumama Tambien. Oh, okay. Which I, <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Itumama Tambien. Itumama Tambien. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's in it looking hella sexy and shit. Um, and no, and it's uh, the original is is definitely something you have to see. You have to see, especially like it was 1990. Um, so it's right there on the cusp. Um, that cast is was like a transition cast from like 80s faces to 90s faces. Mm-hmm. Um, but there it was like a who's who. You know, it was probably a really big get to get all of those performers in one film in 1990. Um, and they they did great stuff with it. Yeah, one of them is the the, the women from. Um Vampire Diaries, mm. which I never really, yeah, I've never seen really it. Obviously, that, so. because you guys know I don't like vampires. I like vampires. <laughs> I, I know we're about to end this, but I have to quickly share. <laughs> I was <laughs> there's a teacher that I like who is really nice. She said, "Watch," because I was like, "What shows should I watch with Charlotte?" Because we just watched all of. Um, you know, different shows, and she's like, try Vampire Diaries. I love it. I've watched it so many times. We oh, watched no. it. So Charlotte and I are like, let's try that. So we watched it, and, and then after a while, Charlotte's like, this is kind of making me feel, this is kind of cringy. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, 
uh, yeah, let's I turn it off. Yeah, so. I don't like this either. <laughs> we tried, but no. Yeah. Oh, and then um, Didn't we, work. we did also want to renew our invitation to our listeners to um, email us at I'm not scared, you're scared at gmail.com with suggestions um, for movies for us to cover. Because honestly, I mean, I know, you know, podcasts are often on for years and years and years or decades. And we've this is only our fourth season. But truly, we're to a point where we're like, no, we've done that. We've done that. We've done that. We did that. We did that one. We did that one. <laughs> and um, we could really use some suggestions um, of movies that you would like to hear us uh, discuss uh, going forward. Yeah. So that 2024 can be, um, you know, a little bit of us and a little bit of you. Yeah. A little bit of a listener collaboration. You know, collaboration. Yeah. Because you know what? We have full time jobs. And yeah, can't, we can't be thinking about it. can't be thinking all the time. So. Yeah, I mean, if you want to hear an episode on all 12 Puppet Master movies, I mean, that's what you're going to get. Be unless you email us. <laughs> I won't be there. It will just be me. It'll just be Katie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we'll see you next time. Absolutely. All right, bye. Bye. bye.